Welcome to the Church Butler Lunch and Learn podcast. We help you put social media to work for your church. Social media is your opportunity to engage your community all week long, reach new people, and start new conversations. Every week, we bring you a dose of practical, tactical, skill-building training as we talk to communicators, church leaders, and members of our team. Are you ready? Let's get to today's session. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Church Butler Lunch and Learn podcast. Really love doing these because we're able to be on the go, meet friends, and actually share some of the conversations that we're having that we uh, tend to have and always say, hey, I wish we were recording this. Um, so we've got the opportunity here at Rock Conference 2018. We're sitting at the table with my friend Neil Smith, regular contributor, honorable guest, Neil Smith, welcome to the show. Thank you, glad to be on. Appreciate you having me. Uh, so it's my first time in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, how's it going for you here at Rock Conference? What's your? Uh, this is the first time here for me. What about you? Yes, I've been I've been to Louisville before. Uh, fantastic city. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. The conference is excellent. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm learning a lot about the Rock platform, and I think uh, the church is well served in this area of technology. Or is is really developing an area of data, uh, data management, data support, data systems. Um, and I think Rock is a great solution for especially larger, mid-sized to larger churches. So I'm really impressed. What I'm really excited about is um, the camaraderie and the community that's found here. The fact that this is open source, it's kind of like this is the way it should be in sharing of resources. It's almost like they should call this an axe church management system. Um, but it really, they've done a really great job here of being intentional about sharing of resources, being open-handed, generous with each other. Um, community orientation, I think, here has been fantastic. Yeah, I love the community. And, um, and I'll just say it here. I think I think um, that Rock is going to be the next F1. Um, I, I put a five- to seven-year horizon. Uh, Nils, what do you think? I, I hate to say that because of the F1, where it is today, uh, and I hate to say it's going to be the next one that's going to plummet like it has, but I think rise, hopefully, to where F1 is and build in stability uh, that, that's going to serve the church well for, for decades to come, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're not here to talk about rock or church management systems. Uh, we want to actually sit down and talk about um, the rise of video and uh, just going back. We're processing. We're using this time to process um, how we are using video, what we're learning, and you've been doing a great job vlogging, being consistent. Um, first, I just want to get a little practical. You are putting out uh, episodes on a regular basis. Are they published on a certain day um, of the week or every other week? Is there a specific rhythm that you adhere to? So um, we're, we're targeting Thursdays. Uh, every Thursday, about 7 a.m. on Thursdays has been the rhythm, and, and the thought is my core content is the podcast social media church podcast and the vlog um, and so we typically try to release a podcast every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. now I haven't been as consistent uh, on the podcast uh, but the but the vlog has been fairly consistent on Thursday so some exceptions to that but trying to be consistent what's interesting is that most consumption happens on an asynchronous timeline but everyone that's been in these serial publications have been given that same advice that you have to stick to it as if it's a weekly TV show or something like that, right? Like you have to show up and publish on a regular basis, which I think is interesting, um, tapping into that psychology of 
um, the next time you open up your podcast player, you just want to have the confidence that there's something to go to. Uh, so I don't know. I, I wonder, does, is, does day of the week count? Or does a time, day parting, does that matter, all that stuff? I, I wonder. I, I don't think it matters that much. At the end of the day, I think it's for our own, or at least for me, it's for my rhythms of understanding that I need to hit that target. I don't think many people are sitting and waiting on Thursday morning of, oh, wait, there's going to be another show. Uh, I think if you have a daily show, that, that makes more sense. But on a weekly show, I don't, I don't think the day and the time matters as much. But for me, it gives me a target to shoot for and my team a target. So it, it's more self-regulated right, than it is right. for the Al- audience. Although I've heard that people who have had long-standing weekly shows that they that they get they um, become part of their listeners' rhythms. Yep. So they know that when they're going to go to the gym every Thursday morning, that they're going to have another episode from Nils, and that's the type of dependency I guess you want to have in your following and the affinity of your, fo- your listeners, right? Yep, I think I mean, it's it's a fun trend. I, I think the trend of podcasting and vlogging and uh, the community that develops around those mediums. And so I, th- I think absolutely the listeners over time develop their own rhythms. Now, everyone talks about what tends to be a vanity metric, but it actually is um, something that's real because it, t- it turns into community and feedback, et cetera, is the number of subscribers that you have. Um, I do think that a lot of people have huge numbers out there and people tend to think that it's easy to get to. What's been your experience? It's not that easy to gather subscribers for any given uh, video, serial, series, et cetera, right? No, absolutely not. I think it's following on Twitter or follow, you know, following on Instagram or liking a page on Facebook. I think we're nat- natural for those platforms. But YouTube is a platform that a lot of people watch without even ever logging in or even creating a login while a lot of people have it just because they have a Gmail account. Uh, the social aspect of YouTube is still not the norm. And so building that subscriber base is pretty challenging. I'm finding there is a core, you know, there are people that live in YouTube and really consume the content, but building a subscriber base on YouTube for me has been harder than LinkedIn, harder than Twitter, harder than Instagram, uh, and harder than Facebook. It's, it's the hardest place to grow that base audience. I am finding though, there's a snowball effect to it. So once you start building traction, it grows, but I'm, I'm over six months into a very heavy investment on YouTube and I think I have 2,500 subscribers and and I have 140,000 on Twitter um, and so you would think well if I could just promote it on Twitter I could get a bunch of those over well, I promoted over and five people so subscribe uh, it is it is not that easy there, there are a lot of challenges with it now um, a lot of people look at that and say, oh, well, you have video, you can repurpose it, you can package it and ship it out to other channels. Have you been doing that with your video series of pushing it to other channels? So I, I made it exclusively for YouTube and, and wanted to be intentional with that. but Not even IGTV. Uh, I took one video and I, and I repurposed it for IGTV just to see how it did. Um, it, it didn't do that good, and so I'm not going to do that again. Uh, what I have done though is lately I've been repurposing some of the original content for LinkedIn and that's actually done very well. And so that, I, I will probably continue to do that. I will probably do a, a primary release on YouTube and then three, four months later, uh, have a, have a post release on right. LinkedIn. Well, let's, let's put LinkedIn to the side for just a second. IGTV. What we've, we've seen IGTV it was a big splashy launch of IGTV. It makes sense that, um, and, and the interface is clean. 
um, and it's easy to discover. Everything that they said on launch day is true, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but are you finding yourself using IGTV anymore? How? I mean, has it been a month, two months since they've made that announcement? Three months? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's only been a couple months uh, at most, and I'm I don't find myself watching very much on there. And uh, I, I, we tinkered with some clients, and we're not seeing a whole lot of success. That's not to say it's a failure. Um, I, I think I think it's probably going to be a slow growth phase for IGTV, where some thought it might be a massive splash. So I think time will tell. I I, I still think it's worth investing in. I'm just not prioritizing it at this point yet, but I'm paying paying attention and tinkering with it. Yeah, and I think as influencer marketing evolves and on that platform specifically there's monetization options that will draw and i think that's going to need to accelerate over the next three to six months the igtv has to think about how you can reward these creators so that they do like you are a creator and you're intentionally deprioritizing igtv and so how do they turn that around if you're able to actually make some cash in terms of ads and exposure then that might be something so um, I, yeah, again, on my side, I've, I've put over a, a dozen episodes out and uh, it has not given the comparable views as uh, if I've put them out on Facebook or somewhere else or on YouTube, which is really interesting to me that you would think that their algorithms have, would have pumped up IGTV like on steroids after that launch. Um, but, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not in my circles. Not seeing other guys investing in IGTV, so it's I'm, I'm trying to think who's profiting off or who's benefiting from IGTV in terms of those creators. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anyone yet. I, I have I have one client, and I, I don't feel free to share uh, publicly who that is, but I, but I do have one client that in the next three months they're planning on making a very significant investment in vertical video using their camera crews and shooting things just for IGTV and ver- they're going to do it for IGTV and Instagram stories <clears throat> and Facebook in vertical. And so I think it's more of an investment in vertical and even talking about IGTV is thinking vertical video uh, more than, than horizontal. And I think that's a big deal for Facebook too. I think Facebook wants us uh, to, to use more as, for vertical video. We're seeing higher engagement on vertical video on Facebook. So um, I think it's, I think that's the investment more than IGTV uh, for, from a content creation standpoint. Now let's talk about equipment because people nerd out on equipment all the time. And I've been a proponent of um, use what you have, dumb it down. In fact, I'm recording this um, on my iPhone natively without a mic kit or anything like that. We were coming to this conference and had some podcast interviews with some um, you know high level headliners here and was going to invest in some iPhone mics and other um, mics outside of my uh, Samsung Meteor mic. And I know you brought your uh, Blue Yeti uh, on the trip, Um, but I found that that's not needed. And on video, I'm using my iPhone. I want to learn how to, or I want to be able to capture, edit, and publish all on my phone so that it's immediate. What are you using for your YouTube videos? And are you looking to invest further in um, you know higher level equipment yeah I, I think the bottom line is quality matters so uh, i think you start mm. start with what you have um and historically with social media quantity trumped quality of get more out there um and then make that as good as you can make it but but focus on quantity get a lot of stuff out there i think it's changing i think i think 
quantity is important, being consistent. Uh, but I think quality trumps quantity uh, at this point, as long as you're kind of meeting kind of a minimum baseline. So with video, that might be once a week on YouTube. Uh, with with Twitter, that might be one tweet a day. Uh, but make make those posts count, and then you improve from there. So when it comes to video, uh, what the, equipment are you using? The right iPhone now? is is a great equipment. But what I do at home uh, for my my YouTube vlog, I use a Logitech webcam. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I don't have a DSLR. I, I'm not a pro when it comes to video, but I want to get a good capture. Um, I'm using some LED lights, some just very simple lights on a stand. Uh, and I'm using my Blue Yeti microphone to capture the audio. And so I'm using what I've got in the Blue Yeti. I paid 50 bucks for that Logitech uh, camera. HD, it's an HD camera. It's an HD camera, 720p, mm-hmm. so it, it could be better. Uh, but but it's it's good enough uh, for, for what I'm doing. The lighting is probably where I need to make my next investment. Um, being in New York, space is an issue. Uh, so that's something that, that, that I'm navigating. Uh, I'm also finding just little things like, like the light showing up in my glasses uh, that, that I'm trying to navigate. So figuring out what are the, I always want to improve quality. Um, so whether that's making an investment in a DSLR in the near future or a mirrorless camera, uh, whether that's investment in lights, I'm looking to improve. Uh, but uh, for me, that uh, that webcam and the, the Blue Yeti microphone has given me a pretty solid quality to get my content out. And then they, when I when we say quality, the content is the quality. We want the video not to distract from that. I think a lot of people will not have much to say, but they'll try to put a bunch of video production around it. And if if you don't really have a story to tell or anything worth saying, doesn't matter how pretty it looks. Right. Now, um, video length. We say that the humans have an average attention span of seven seconds. Goldfish are eight seconds. Sad, sad commentary on the state of human affairs. Um, YouTube video attention spans have been going down from five minutes to four minutes to three minutes, etc. Where are you aiming for for a typical vlog? And are you seeing anything happen when you go longer or shorter? You know, uh, five to seven minutes is the target that I'm aiming for. Uh, you know, as I understand it, the average YouTube video view length is now seven minutes. And so people are actually watching longer now on YouTube as a platform where, where Facebook is like 30 seconds. So I think the platform is dependent on, you know, what you're creating, how long it should be. Five to seven minutes is kind of what I'm aiming for. Some are a little below that. Some are a little longer than that. But that's that's been the target I've set out uh, for the content I'm creating. And then on your channel, have you been creating playlists for your viewers, or is it just a serial that gets posted to your channel and then they just get cataloged based on, you know, date of um, date of publishing? Right now it's date of publishing, and I've got six months into the content. So as I build it out and I've got more content, I'm gonna I'm gonna create some playlists. But at this point, I don't feel like I have enough content to really categorize it. Gotcha. And then, um, are you actually getting any meaningful? commenting or do you totally ignore that because the trolls are out there everywhere um even the mr wonderful nils must have some trolls once in a while um but are you paying attention to commenting i mean you look at gary v and those guys that are like completely addicted to responding to comments uh what's your experience i I would say i I lean into that addictive to responding to comments i want to hear what people have to say i want to learn from it Uh, i also want to delete the haters too. Uh, I'm monitoring that, and I want to create a community. People feel safe uh, to share. 
And so any, anyone that, that's kind of distracting from that, I want to be aggressively uh, monitoring that on this channel I'm focused on growing and engaging and building community on. So I'm highly actively watching every comment and responding to every comment that comes on the channel and trying to do that within an hour of when that comment comes in. Wow, that's great to hear. Um, okay, let's go jump back to LinkedIn. So um, I've been posting more and more on LinkedIn and um, even just sharing kind of like behind the curtains, things like when I updated my um, header graphic, um, I updated it and gave some commentary, did a screenshot, and that was one of my highest trafficked posts for the month. Um, LinkedIn, I think, is the underdog right now of all the social media uh, platforms out there. Videos tend to do well. All my vlogs, when I push them out there, do tremendously well. Um, are you seeing the same things on your side? Yeah, I think uh, LinkedIn I'm paying a lot of attention to right now, and video in particular. I, I think even the data I'm able to see of who's watching. You know, I don't know that Mike was watching, but I know that seven people from VaynerMedia were watching, uh, and 27 people in New York were watching. And uh, so I think the data that, that LinkedIn is giving us from an engagement perspective is second to none uh, from an audience uh, standpoint. And and then I think uh, it's just it's just being video is being optimized in their platform, just like we saw Facebook that's happening a year, two years ago on, on Facebook's platforms. So their autoplay functionality, making sure you've got closed captions on those videos, it's uh, in, and hashtagging is becoming a big deal on LinkedIn. So. Uh, it's, I think LinkedIn is an is a incredible platform for video creators to engage right now. Okay, so let's uh, answer this once and for all. To, uh, hashtag or not to hashtag? What's your answer to that question? It depends. Uh, oh, come on, Nils. I, I think that if you're on on Instagram and you want to grow an audience, hashtags are a great way to do that. I think having uh, some consistent hashtags, like I'm using hashtag social media guide, for most of what I do social me that's related to social media um, because I just have a book come out it's called Social Media Guide and so I'm trying to create some some brand consistency there and then I'll have maybe three or four other hashtags that are related to the specific post uh, trying to to insert into other Okay, so that, that's a great uh, tactic. Let's explore why are you doing that because are people actually using that custom hashtag? So this is one of the things that, um, you know, organizations, brands, churches, nonprofits, they ask, should we create our own hashtag and start to use it? And then they do it for a short term, no one, no traffic. Why are you doing that um, if, you know, it's not popular jargon? Are, or are people really using that to, to drive traffic to your posts? You know, at this point, I'm trying to start a new one. You know, so I think you have to be consistent over a specific amount of time. Uh, to, to establish that. And, and then I think the reality is there are a lot of established hashtags uh, that nobody owns a hashtag. And, and I think that the tension of a hashtag is somebody can tweet or somebody can post on Instagram using that hashtag and you can't do anything about it. Uh, you can't kind of erase that from other people's feeds. And so uh, I, I think there are a lot of challenges to a hashtag strategy uh, and really building a community around that. But, but I think there's uh, huge opportunities around hashtags as well. I think my, my, my tension, so a lot of people will say, well, just use 20 hashtags and you're going to grow quickly. <laughs> now, Instagram will now flag your account if you do that. Uh, but, but you can do 10 and they're, they're not going to flag your account. I feel like it, it feels like you don't really want to engage your current audience. You're just trying to find a new audience. And it, and it doesn't, to me, come across as authentic. Um, from from my engagement, I think people see through that a bit. So while it will help you grow uh, your numbers, I don't think it's really going to to really deepen engagement for the most part. And so you know, I'm 
I'm, I'm always monitoring now. You're I, walking I feel about like, tension. I feel like I feel like hashtags are the new SEO. They're the SEO of, of social media. It, there's a science to it. It requires a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of attention. And by the time you figure out a strategy, it's time to change it and get a new one. And so <laughs> it's it's a tough one to navigate. Are you using third-party tools for researching, right? There's tons of tools that tell you what are the most popular hashtags, et cetera, et cetera. Or are you just on the fly composing uh, the hashtags after you put up a post? So I, I have to admit I've got a team that does this, um, and they have a tool they use, and I don't know what that tool is right now. Uh, I do it for myself on LinkedIn just because I'm prioritizing LinkedIn. Um, and I'm, I do it a bit on, on Instagram, uh, but LinkedIn does a, does a great job of, of recommending some hashtags. And so I, I follow kind of their path of recommended hashtags, and that's, that's worked pretty well, especially with the video content I've been putting out. That's interesting. Now, on a personal basis or behavior, when you're actually surfing LinkedIn, um, looking for content, are you ever actually using hashtags to search for stuff on Facebook, Instagram, or um, LinkedIn? Rarely, rarely. I think there's sometimes where I will see a post and and I'll see them use a hashtag and I'll think, I wonder what other posts are similar to this if they're at an event or something like that. So there's times where I'll click on their hashtag and I'll see the other post. Um, on, on LinkedIn though, my, my my assumption, the way LinkedIn is running their hashtag system, is that in some ways it's it's hash, hashing based on other people that are interested in similar interests, uh, and it's almost connecting it to a certain kind of content rather than just a feed of certain hashtags. Um, now, I'm, I'm making an assumption trying to read into their algorithm a bit, uh, but that's, that's my perception, the way that content is engaging further. Right, so you're saying that they are using the hashtags to semantically understand what topics that you're talking about and then uh, potentially displaying more content from others that are using similar hashtags. Correct. Or displaying mine behind other pieces of content to people that consume similar content. Gotcha. Um, Nate Smoyer of Real Team Panda has been doing some really interesting stuff on LinkedIn with um, people who are the data analytics, right? They, they, you get some information as who's watched your content, read your content, et cetera. And then he is using some strategies to reach out, which ones you reach out to, which ones you don't, and, and following through. Um, are you doing anything like that? Have you, have you ever tried that premium uh, subscription that LinkedIn offers? Uh, you know, one of the big questions I get all the time is is it worth to upgrade to do that and when do you do that only when you're looking for a job do you do that right so what would you say to that question when someone says is it worth it for premium and is it just you should do it all the time or just certain times well the first thing i need to say is i'm on team panda uh so so let's just establish that <laughs> quickly um the you know i i just pay i just well i did the free trial this month uh, as i'm getting to know linkedin I have a thousand new connections on LinkedIn from using the trial. So I got so many requests. I've rejected about half of them. Uh, but, but a lot of people were paying attention to my account. I think because of that service, um, I tried the in-mail, you know, to send people private messages that I couldn't message. Um, now I, I shot for the moon with those messages. I've got no responses back from them. And, uh, so, so for the most part, I think it's not worth it. I, I don't think the value is there for what I, I want to accomplish on LinkedIn. 
but I uh, I think if you're if you're looking for a job, I think you absolutely need to use, need to use it. If you are doing B2B business sales, I think you absolutely need to use it. If you're hiring, you absolutely need to use it. It is LinkedIn has a great structure for uh, for those people that are kind of in specific situations. I think their advertising platform is poor, and it's disappointing me that they haven't done a better job uh, with their advertising platform. But I think they're monetizing their network very well and in a way that's beneficial to those that are using it for free and not. So I, I think there's a there's a good structure in place on LinkedIn and I think it's I think it depends on your season. My my the my hesitancy here is if if you're just a say if you're just an employee if you're an employee that's maybe looking for a job, the minute you turn on LinkedIn premium, <laughs> Absolutely. it basically tells your employer you're looking for a job. And so if you just leave it on premium all the time, I, I think there could just be a place of, look, I'm just actively engaged on LinkedIn. So I, I think it could just raise some red flags. Now it's 60 bucks a month, I believe now. Uh, wow, that's steep. It is steep. And so I, I, I can't justify it. And I, I think a lot of people would have a hard time justifying it. So I, I at this point, I can't recommend it. Interesting. So let's just uh, finally, as we close out, go back to video. Yeah. Uh, so first, have you seen more traction on LinkedIn than YouTube on your videos? Or is YouTube still king um, in terms of getting views and people to actually watch? YouTube is king. Um, now, I will say YouTube is now king because I've been on there for six months and, and growing that base. If I were just starting... Um, my first few videos on YouTube did not have the same traction they do today and LinkedIn would be outperforming those original videos and I'm just getting into LinkedIn so over time maybe, maybe if I continue the same rhythms LinkedIn might surpass YouTube six months from now if I stay just as engaged on LinkedIn I, I don't know the growth trajectory for LinkedIn but I'm believing the growth trajectory for YouTube is as a much larger play long term so I'm planning to stay focused primarily with video on YouTube and repurposing to LinkedIn. And I think there's other content types that are going to engage on LinkedIn, but uh, I'm I'm definitely <laughs> I'd say I'm I'm the platforms I'm focused on are YouTube, Instagram, and LinkedIn uh, from a from a personal standpoint of, of being highly engaged. So if you recall, this past year I uh, participated in Vlogmas 2017. Yeah. Um, where every day in December I put out a vlog, which was a great challenge. Um, it actually taught me a lot about consistency and discipline and showing up every day. Uh, but it also taught, uh, taught me a lot about um, efficiencies of what's important in your video production workflow and what's not, what you can sacrifice and what you need to keep. Um, so I'm thinking of doing that again. But um, I'm actually taking an opposite strategy of you. Right now I'm thinking about going all in on LinkedIn video almost on a daily basis for either short term or a year and then repurposing that and putting that onto YouTube because I feel like YouTube is the place it needs to be but YouTube is just wide open it's not like um, it's almost it's not even like a Costco or a warehouse there's no aisles there's no structure it's all it's just this one browse function and there really isn't any curation of like shopping aisles in the store if you know what I mean yeah. whereas LinkedIn feels like there's much more structure um, it's interesting, right? So I think that discoverability might be um, probably get more traction on the LinkedIn side than just dumping a thousand videos on YouTube. I might be wrong. I don't know what your thoughts are. 
so so here's my here's my hesitancy i I think linkedin i I don't hear of anybody that just dominates linkedin which might say it's a huge opportunity but i've i've yet to see anybody halfway invest in youtube and succeed the people that are succeeding on youtube are all in on youtube and i think prioritizing that platform rather than just i I see plenty of people that just like i'm just going to put it out on youtube and see what happens and what happens is not much happens uh it's people that are really intentional about youtube are the ones that are really growing and building an audience. And I think YouTube is going to be one of those platforms. I think YouTube is really the future of like television. You know, I think if you can build an audience now on YouTube, you've got an audience for the next 10 to 15 years. That's a really significant play where LinkedIn, I think, can help your business for the next two to three years. I don't know the, the stability of LinkedIn long term. I don't, I don't know that I have the same confidence in LinkedIn long term where what if what if Facebook comes out with Facebook business and they just des- they decide just to crush LinkedIn Facebook workplace Facebook workplace totally different thing that's basically slack um, it's like slack and Asana and you know it's a it's a different kind of experience uh, but but I and maybe Facebook workplace will become more of a network um, so I, I think there's some some interesting avenues there uh, but YouTube YouTube is its own beast that no I, I think it basically has one social video, uh, and and I don't even know how to call it social video, but it, it is the future of video. Uh, I'm I'm more and more convinced of that. So I I just think there's a long-term sustainability of building an engaged audience on YouTube. Yeah, it's almost like a reverse IGTV, right? IGTV is trying to cultivate those individual creators, and then you would think that they're gonna find some distribution syndication partners. Uh, that are going to bring Hollywood. YouTube's the other way around. They have a treasure trove of individual creators. Now they're launching YouTube TV um, and bringing that other programming content. And so they already have the other half solved. Um, So it's going to be an interesting play. Now, I mean, there's these on LinkedIn. There's, uh, what's his name, Lewis, um, who's the LinkedIn guy. And there's also um, Goldie. I don't know if you've seen the LinkedIn Goldie. She's dominated by doing um, a daily video and gotten tens of thousands of views on her videos by doing just a simple daily video on LinkedIn every day. Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting play. I I guess my strategy is a hybrid one, hedging your bets that you wouldn't choose one or the other, Mm -hmm. but keeping framing it so that you would make it for LinkedIn and then distribute to YouTube versus the other way around, which I think then just informs a little bit of the content and how you even the tone or the posture of uh, how you engage with your the camera mm-hmm. yeah i agree i agree so um okay so that's a that's a, a lot of ponderings and processing that we've been going through i'm really happy that we've been able to share a lot of this back and forth with you guys that have been listening in we'd love for you to comment and be a part of the conversation uh, because as we were commenting, uh, talking at lunch today, um, if anyone in this space is telling you that they have the, the be-all, end-all formula and that everyone else is wrong, you have to do it their way or you're going to get lost, um, you need to run because it's an ever-evolving landscape. We are all learning together. And the, I think the together part is the important thing where 
Um, we need to constantly be in conversation with each other, trading notes and seeing what's uh, working with each other and encouraging each other and high-fiving everybody um, in our networks when they find success. Um, a, a posture of abundance and generosity versus scarcity, I think, is one that we, we are able to take with social media because that's just what it's, what it's all about. Um, as we close out this Lunch and Learn, I just want to do a shout out to Nils. You are coming out with a, a second book. Can you just give us some of the details? I, I'm excited to get my hands on a copy and make sure that that's uh, one of those top recommended resources for clients uh, that we coach and consult with. Uh, just give us some details so that everyone can whet their appetites before they get their hands on their own book. Yes, it, the book is called The Social Media Guide. Uh, I, I published the group publishing six years ago, The Social Media Guide for Ministry. In that book, I highlighted three social networks that are now dead. Uh, in six years, things move quickly. Um, <laughs> and while a lot of the strategies are still the same uh, and the same principles, uh, really got, had to adjust and adapt to the changing, changing landscape of social media. I believe, too, since I wrote the book, I was predicting that Facebook was going to be where people should focus. I feel more confident than ever that those that are doubling down on Facebook uh, made the right decision. And uh, but, but obviously things like Instagram, I was predicting in my last book that Instagram was going to be one of the social networks of the future. That one I was right on. I've been wrong on plenty of others. And so uh, it was time to refresh what I wrote uh, six years ago. And so uh, I'm excited to get this resource out there and hope it's going to help a lot of leaders. Is this available now? When's the drop date and where can they get their hands on one? How do they order or pre-order? You know, best best place is go to Amazon. So look Neil Smith or the social media guide on Amazon and the book will be available there. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me as always, Nils. And thank you uh, listeners to join us on this journey um, as we do these lunch and learns. That's exactly what we're doing here is we're processing and learning together. I definitely want to hear feedback from you guys. I enjoy tremendously when you guys take the time to reach out and share what you're learning, what you're trying out, sharing your your highs and your lows uh, because we learn from it all. So uh, thanks for joining us today and we'll catch you here next time on the Church Butler Lunch and Learn podcast. If you enjoyed today's session, please help us share resources like today's Lunch and Learn with more church communicators across the country. The best way for you to help is to thumb up this episode and leave some feedback on iTunes. It really makes a difference. And for more information on our online training platform and done-for-you social media graphic services, visit our website at www.butler.church. Connect with us on our blog, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter using our handle at thechurchbutler. Don't forget to join us every week right here for our next installment of the Church Butler Lunch and Learn podcast.